Hey, everybody. Welcome to Horror on Horror Podcast. Episode four. hey <laughs> <laughs> Uh This is Jamin. This is Jules. We have a super special episode today. We have a special guest. <gasps> Our first special guest. Our first special guest. <laughs> His name is Matthew James Dorada. That's my whole name. That's it. <laughs> he is the creator of Drunken Devil. Yes, sir. Which is a nightlife horror immersive experience immersive dinner experience it's basically everything you've ever wanted it combines horror and immersive and alcohol and and, it hammered and fun yep absolutely it's all of those things and more (laughs) and more and more and we're gonna tell you all Matt's gonna tell you yeah we're gonna gonna tell tell you all about it it. (laughs) so Matt obviously we struggled saying what it is how would you describe (laughs) (laughs) even though we tried to go over it no, it's fine. You did you did good. Um, Drunken Devil is a we're a production company and we produce oh fuck, what was it? Horror immersive horror, nightlife and dining. So if you take theatrical parties, underground supper clubs, experiential alcohol events and you yeah. and you mix that with horror, that's what you get. I feel like it's everything Patrick Bateman would have wanted to be a part of. Y'all, listen. <laughs> Dorcia. Right? Dude, yes. Let's start this Let's start this podcast out with a bombshell. I've seen American Psycho maybe once, twice. Whoa! I know. Dude. I know. Dude, Jules hasn't even read the book. I do. I haven't read the book. It's brutal. I mean, I've you know what? It's a great movie. Do I need to see it more than once? Okay. Yes. What the fuck is your problem? <laughs> How do you not like these really brutal movies? I don't know, man. I mean, I do like brutal movies. I yeah. need to dig down into my psyche to find yeah. one. Well, hold on. Dude. Before we get too deep into American yeah, that'll, Psycho, we'll get there. Uh, we'll get there. We're going to jump out the gate. <laughs> this is, this <laughs> is what happens, guys. I want to talk is... more about Drunken Devil and, like, how did you get started? With, like, what was your first experience? I'm going to ask you every question in one question. No, absolutely. So, um, I grew up loving horror, and uh, it all really started when, I mean, I, I was a horror kid. Like, it was my favorite thing in the world. I loved Halloween. I would actually... Yes go trick-or-treating when I was a kid at, like, 3 p.m. Cool. When I got home from school. When it's safe. And neighbors were like, what the fuck? Why are you here? It's still daylight. And I was like, trick-or-treat. <laughs> so I could come home and then set, like, little scare traps for people, like the actual <laughs> trick-or-treaters. Like, cool. you know those wind-up, like, mouth yeah. things yeah. that chattered? I would put those yeah. in the mailbox and, like, set them. And I loved <laughs> when people, like, came to my house and I wanted to get the trick-or-treating out of the way so I could scare people. That's how I grew up. I love Halloween. That's cool. Um, I went to Universal Studios. You're a spooky person. I'm a spooky, I'm a spooky bitch. <laughs> so, hell yeah, 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 yeah. spooky motherfucking bitch. <laughs> yes. Um, cool. When Halloween Horror Nights reopened uh, in t- 2006, I think it was their first year back, I went and I had fucking nightmares for two weeks. And then one night I woke up and I was like, oh, fuck, wait, this is what I want to do. I want to, like, do horror shit for a living. And so I went to school in Santa Barbara. Uh, and I guess we'll touch on this later. You know, I went to a small Christian school. Mm-hmm. Um, Westmont College. Well, first of all, has anyone ever been to Santa Barbara? In, it sucks. It's full of rich white people. Okay, but have you been to Santa Barbara for Halloween? It's awful. It's tr- just it's, trash. Well, so I was in a sorority. Oh, no. <laughs> oh Jules, you're, you, you're talking so about it a was completely different people. style. That was awful. That's where you went. Oh, God. Uh, I was building haunted houses at my Christian school trying to, like, get them to fund me. And they did. Like, wow. I, I, I did it as... A, so, in college, I did haunted houses in our dorms. And... 
cool. We, we did like it. just yeah, describe a haunted house in a dorm. Oh my god, I have to show you guys the videos. I'll find the videos yeah. and we can we can share it. But I did <laughs> in my sophomore year, I did a haunted house, and it was all under the guise of let's keep the kids. The students out of Isla Vista. Like, let's keep mm. them on campus. Like, we don't Is want them. Is Isla Vista the UCSB? Party. That's the big oh, okay. party. Yeah. Got it. So they gave me a little bit of money to create this haunted house on campus. And of course, it was so not what they wanted. Like, you started in this like slaughterhouse <laughs> and we had real meat. That's not what they wanted. Horrifying. There's That's pentagrams. There, were, there were. There were pentagrams. Yeah. And then there was this like That's asylum so situation funny, where. We had poop smeared in the bathrooms and like people like sawing people in half. And I did it two years in a row and somehow they gave me the money again. Um, But then I Okay, Matt, here you go. (laughs) They should have known. Um, And then in 2012, 2013, I opened up the first public haunted house in Santa Barbara. Cool. And it was really cool ever. Wow. as far as I wow. know, in the records of Santa Barbara, I'm sure there was like house haunts. I'm sure there were home yeah. haunts. I'm sure there was stuff like that. But this was one of at least the prominent. Let's just say the prominent. I don't know if it's the first one. I don't fucking care. Um, <laughs> haunted house, and it was cool and it was fun. And then I immediately left Santa Barbara. Thanks, <laughs> Santa Barbara. Bye. Came back to Los Angeles. Had a few. Had a year of not knowing what I wanted to do, and then I was at Villains Tavern one night, and I had probably seven dirty martinis and I was real <laughs> drunk and I was like vodka vodka right? yes. vodka martinis three olives extra dirty classy <laughs> classy bitch <laughs> um, very uh, very Los Angeles very Los Angeles <laughs> I'm an 85 year old woman at heart um, and I came up with this name of like it, it was in the, I was in villains and it has that sort of old sort of vintage ramshackle look and for some reason the words drunken devil came to my mind and then I created a hunt in 2015, and you guys went. We actually met you. We met. We met as so we all met tonight. We, we met, just realized earlier. We just tonight. realized we all met. And so random. It was a huge failure uh, financially. I lost a lot of money, and I wanted to give it all up because I just was so defeated. But at the end of the haunt, there was a small bar. We had burlesque nightly, and we had a couple of characters. We had the drunken devil. That was and so dope. He was too. great. And he was great. Yeah. That's my best friend. Shout that- out to Mac. Mac. Best friend, Mac. roommate. We Mac. still talk Mac. about that we all have, the time. That picture with Mac that we have is yeah. one of my favorite photos that we have yeah. together. Yeah, it's true. That's right. Yeah, that photo. That. Yeah, yeah that's do it, do it, photo. do it. But people love the bar, and so I took that concept of like a spooky, immersive. I mean, I guess it was immersive back then. Now everything's immersive. Yeah, I, that word is used so loosely now. Well, and I think like I. I don't remember anything at that time incorporating alcohol. No. No. Yeah. It was just, we everything were so that we went to was just too. a walkthrough. And yeah, to end it in a bar, I mean, was we, such we were a, both heavy drinkers back then. W- I still am, but. Mm-hmm. Cheers. <laughs> like, it was. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah. It was so, like, it was a, such a fun way to end it. And then it was like the experience didn't just end. And, and we leave. stayed. It, you no, stay it, and yeah. you. It prolonged your your. And your there was evening, the theme you know? cocktails yes. and it was like a small bar, but it was fun. It was yes. so fun. Yeah. Alone also ended a, one year. They did have. A that was the year before. They had a okay. Dos Equis mm-hmm. bar. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we're definitely the purge not, did too. We were not the first to have a bar at the end of the haunt, like by no means. But from that moment, we started. You know, it was again. It, the I, I didn't. I was not happy with how the haunt came out, but I was happy with how people responded to the bar because it was a performance space. Mm-hmm. There were things happening. There were characters moving around, and I took that concept. And the next year, I sort of started doing 
like weird warehouse parties with a horror slant. Um, and then it just kind of grew from there. Um, 2016, we did like a disco party. We did a, a horror disco party, a horror disco party. Cool. Um, then we did a, Oh my <laughs> God. Weird. What? It, oh my God. What was it? It was a, like a Suspiria themed Halloween party oh. that we did. Whoa. Um, Damn. at the top of the Dorothy Chandler pavilion at the LA opera when I worked there. Wow. Um, and wow. then the next year we sort of expanded it and started doing, we started doing, we kept, kept on going with the parties, but we started creating a narrative with these characters, um, and like the seven deadly sins. And then we grew it from there. So now there's this whole universe of characters that have sold their souls to the devil. We just finished the seventh sin this past October. Um, and so this is our 20, our 20th, our fifth anniversary of 2020. <laughs> wow. And we're, we're, we're expanding and still going. So that's kind of how Drunken Devil started. And now we're just doing crazy themed parties. And we also do dinners. And yeah. What an interesting right? guy. Yeah, dude. I know. <laughs> so crazy. It is. And, and it yeah. was honestly one of the best things that we went through that year. What was Thank it? you. 2015. It, was, yeah, it was the year, no joke, Was it was the year that I think made us dive in deeper into haunts. Yeah. Dope. To not. Nice. Yeah, uh, no joke. I think that was. And it was all of, because of me. It was you. It, yeah. <laughs> it, you were not joke. Not joking though. Drunken Devil was the night that we yeah. where we found these like these weird haunts that were in warehouses mm-hmm. in places. That I do think that sh- Drunken we shouldn't Devil have been. You know? May have been the first like obscure, quote unquote, obscure ish mm-hmm. haunt that we went to besides. Universal or not? From kind there, of from there, we from learned there, yeah. about some of the other immersives, um, like Creep, like Creep LA, and, and then but then from Creep LA is when <clears throat> I kind of found um, Blackout when I mm-hmm. kind of heard of immersive horror, and then that kickstarted my, my kind of weird phase of extreme haunts. So tell us a little bit more about the the events that you put on now. So mm-hmm. Drunken Devil has two different types of events. There's the Drunken Devil universe, as I like to call it, which is a main storyline. So we just finished the Seven Deadly Sins, as I touched on before, that are characters in the world of the Drunken Devil. Um, And this year we're introducing a couple of new characters, a couple of new scenarios. There's a whole, I have like at least 20 pages of a storyline with all of these characters and we're slowly revealing them through the events. Um, and those are like the, those are the main parties. So those are the ones where you go and there's an open bar that are often, you know, we partner with, with liquor brands, bands, liquor brands, um, and maybe uh, some bras, maybe they're definitely bras. Oh, there's burlesque. Oh, cool. Yeah. Sweet. Uh, we've worked with Peroni. We've worked with Apothic Wine. Wow. El Silencio Mezcal, Tito's Vodka. We've worked with a few. Um, sort of bigger brands. And we've also worked with local brands like our Los Angeles Vodka and Mulholland Distilling, um, which is right around the corner from where we are. We're in the Arts District. Right yeah. Now. Oh, yes. Again, recording in a car. <laughs> Guys, we love recording in cars. This is dope. This is the best podcast experience because we're it's in a nice. car. It's not in a stuffy studio. No, we are. We don't have access to a studio. <laughs> and you don't need one. <laughs> we have a one car and some graffiti on some walls. Hell yeah. It's beautiful. In downtown um, Los Angeles. Yeah. So that's sort of one event, and we have several of those. We have one in the summer, one for Halloween. We've done a Christmas one. We've done uh, a early in the year one. And then we have another show called To Live and Dine in L.A., and that has been running since 2017, and that is a 40-person dinner 
where you sit down with the ghosts of L.A. serial killers. Yes. So you oh, sit, cool. You start with uh, George Hodel and Elizabeth Short, a.k.a. the Black Dahlia. <gasps> yeah. And there's a cocktail hour where you get to know them. Um, and then the after Black that, Dahlia, you man. move into the dining area where there is Charles Manson and Susan Atkins and <laughs> Richard Ramirez, Harvey Glattman and Judy Ann Dole, who was one of Harvey Glattman's main or primary victims, the most famous. Um, and in between courses, there's a performance. So between the cocktail hour with the Black Dahlia, there is a, we used to have a, like a Black Dahlia marionette act. And then there was a Black Dahlia ballerina. And now we've moved and we have like contortionists and burlesque dancers that help drive the story. And every course is based on a killer. So you start with appetizers oh, that are with the so Black Dahlia. Dope, and then dude. and then you get served human. Y- no. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe one day. Um, Just ooh, kidding. <laughs> make sure you have your waiver shine. <laughs> <laughs> but those are super fun. Those are, that's been running since fall of 2017. We do it at least two or three times a year. It's the same show. Wow. Sold out every time. Um, I'm so, so how, bummed I've missed I that. I know, because I want to go and I, I need to know when it... How can people find out about when it's on sale? Like, Just follow all of our socials okay. uh, at DrunkenDevil underscore. That's our main okay. handle. Yeah. Easy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we announce everything via those and the email list. That's Speaking awesome. of serial killers, it uh, seems yes, like you have a fascination with true crime. Oh yeah, let's jump. Right I also in there. love true crime. <laughs> yes. Hi. So I, I always find it weird to ask people like who their favorite serial killer is because I think that that's like a not. It's a very strange question. Yeah, and it's also kind of we're not yeah we're not supposed to we're not supposed glorify to glorify the killer murdering necessarily. people. But, um, fuck it. Who's your favorite serial killer? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, the way that I approach true crime and serial killers, especially in this show, the serial killer that I find most intriguing is Harvey Glattman, and that's why I incorporated him into the dinner. Um, Harvey Glattman is very, he's not, he's more obscure. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't actually know that much about him. I don't really think I know who he is So he was known as the glamour girl slayer. He was, Mm. uh, he came to infamy in the late 50s he would place ads lonely heart ads or ads for models in the craigslist wow he would be like hey i need uh models to come and pose in portraits and uh women would show up and he would say oh they're uh like bondage Mm pinup portraits can i tie you up and then he would um and then he would take pictures of them and then he would leave them tied up he would rape them, and then he would release them, uh, put them in his car, take them to the desert, tie them up again, rape them again, Ugh. and then kill them and bury their bones in the desert. Horrible bury their bodies. Person. And they were, there is actually a very famous photograph of him showing authorities the remains of the women that he's buried. Wow. Um, would he go to, like, Joshua Tree or something? It was local. It, yeah, it was on the way to San Diego. It was some desert. I don't remember. Okay. Wow. Um, but the whole I love the concept Damn. of the, that's brutal. <laughs> it's brutal. Holy and the, shit. I love. I don't love that, but I'm fascinated by mm-hmm. the fact that was in the '50s, and the '50s was a very glossy time mm-hmm. where there was a lot on the surface, but so much shit was bubbling underneath. Mm-hmm. Glossy. Um, what a great word. And for I that. love that. And so that's what we used in the dinner. It's a, every so every course. 
uh, is there's the there's the food and the cocktails which are of the era, and there's a there's a soundtrack to every piece. So in the forties, it's all forties music. That's so dope. Uh, but when, with Harvey Glattman, <laughs> it's all like doo wop and the pop of the era, and it's very happy, but. It's a very horrifying, very gruesome. Right, underneath all of that, yeah, and you know, gloss, it was, like you said, there's this terrible under underbelly of. And so the vict and in the show, it's all about sort of exploring guests' inner darkness. And at the end, you know, the, these guests have been with these killers for mm-hmm. all night, and they're drinking and they're having fun. And at the very end, Richard Ramirez does a toast and he raises a glass to everyone to the darkness inside them, and everyone is really drunk and happy. And then they're realizing, oh fuck! Oh, this is Richard we just Ramirez. had a lot of fun with these people that have been that have killed people, right. and and so we and with the Harvey Glattman moment, especially <laughs> oh his God. victim Judy Dole was nineteen when she died. She was a single mother, 19. single oh, mother, baby. and she wanted to uh, feed her child, so she went and answered an ad and ended up dead. Mm-hmm. And so wow. she gets her so revenge. so many women that yeah. are answering ads. Too. In the show, she gets her revenge. She Good for you for letting this woman <laughs> have her revenge. I mean, yeah, like, dude, that's yes. pretty crazy. The whole thing That's is... like so obscure too. How did you even find him? I looked up LA killers. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. Yes, that makes okay, sense. Okay, and also, yeah. there are so many there LA are. true I know, stories. there are. How did you choose? I like, mean, that again, like I love the 50s and choose? I love that idea that everything is perfect mm-hmm. um but it's not american psycho oh, oh god damn it. <laughs> i need to return so some I video think to- you should, yeah. <laughs> but then again like the manson part of that is also it's all about susan atkins and charles manson is there and it mm-hmm. makes you question susan atkins did the deed mm-hmm. but was it truly her fault right was she responsible or was she just a victim of brainwashing drugs drugs rape all of that right nothing in nothing in that dinner is black and white and that's why it's so powerful when the guests at the very end are raising a glass to richard ramirez and they're like oh fuck what am i doing and i am so impressed i mean i have not been to this dinner but i'm so impressed by just even listening to this because you're exploring so many different aspects of true crime and and not just of one crime and one you know victim of all of these different victims and all of these different crimes I mean, that are spanning decades and it's very impressive morality that, is not black and white yeah and humanity is not black and white yeah and these people were real people and also right. everyone that is at the dinner is dead i did oh, not put okay. charles manson in it until he died cool. okay. it used to be susan atkins just herself okay and so it's all about sort of these were real people and at one point they had real you know Mm-hmm. Real thought processes. And right. Why did Real they do the things they did? Even. Real innocence. Yeah, they had parents at one yeah. time and yeah. a toy, and mm-hmm. that's pretty crazy. To Ooh, and the weird thing about Harvey Glattman was when he was a kid, he would like choke himself and he would like tie himself up and he would strangle animals. And his mother took him to a fucking psychiatrist, and mm-hmm. the psychiatrist was like, oh, it's a face. Oh. It's fine. Well, so I it's mean, an exploration yeah. of the health, of the mental health system. But okay, so I want to, I have a question for you. Yes. So as your show goes on from start to finish and you hit these big focal points as your show's going on, Mm -hmm. is it pretty incredible to stand back and watch the wow moments happen? Oh, yeah. It's amazing. What so when so when everything accumulates to the grand finale, where uh-huh. where do you usually stand in the room? I mean, normally I'm like queuing up the music. Yeah, <laughs> cool. <laughs> you know, but I do love sing- like a lot of our sort of main our drunken devil switching from live and dine to drunken devil. Those have immersive elements where there's 
six to eight characters roaming around and there's a story and you can either engage with them and like be a part of the narrative or you can just drink and watch burlesque and there's magicians and tarot and all that shit Uh um but it is really cool to see the finales unfold we did a party called bacchanalia two years ago october 2018 which was what does that mean caligula bacchanalia so caligula was one of the most like heinous roman emperors okay in ancient rome and bacchanalia um in our world was bacchanalia was a festival to bacchus the Mm -hmm. roman god of wine um, and in our world, the Roman god of wine was me, the drunken devil. <laughs> oh, the drunken you were devil! You're breaking me. I was <laughs> no, like, was like me? can you guess? You <laughs> was so into the story. I am <laughs> me. I was me? just no. I was sitting here thinking like, oh, I like this. I god. know. Like I, I'm thinking like I, I can't believe I missed all these. Him. Like, um, <laughs> I'm so bummed that I've missed this for so long. So yeah. in that show, there was Caligula, this terrible, horrible, no good, very bad. I have to say that every time I say terrible. Um, <laughs> no this emperor that was just known for his vulgarity and his... He was he represented gluttony, the sloth. Uh, the, oh, me too. The, <laughs> so he was gluttony. He was one in the Seven Deadly Sins series. And so there were uh, characters that... There was his uncle, Claudius, and his sister, Drusilla, who are real characters, but in the narrative, they were planning an uprising. They wanted to overthrow Caligula and they were going around to different characters, planting seeds mm-hmm. and people, there was gossip and people were plant Like there was rumors flying around and people really got into it. And at the very end, Caligula caught them. And so he, the, his uncle Claudius played by my friend, Sean came out covered in blood, thrown on the floor. Yes. And, um, Drusilla, <laughs> his sister was brought on stage. Like, dragged onto stage and he poured wine on her head called her a traitor and had them executed well, she probably Ooh. was a traitor and that sounds she was incredible. and every and everyone was so stoked on it and just watching Dope. all of these people get excited to watch the good guys watch an execution on, of yeah. guys. was very disturbing because the bad guys are the best i was gonna say hold been. on because i experienced that in the lust experience I you was didn't do sacrificed. The lust experience. Not you the, did lust. the tension experience. Tension okay. experience. In the tension experience, I you was hated the lust experience. I was executed though in oh, front no. of everybody. I was and everyone was cheering on. it on. That happened. That's because they brainwashed us. But then, oh, at, okay. <laughs> then at the very end, you know, people were so excited for this terrible right. dictator type individual to kill these people that were trying to do good. And I got up there and I was like. Is this any different from where we are now? And everyone fell silent. And that was my little political jab. Good. And I was so going to say, hey, Trump. Huh? Yeah, it was, wow. it was very, it was, you know, we, we like to have some semblance of a message. Good. Cool. Even no, though people are I, Yeah, your wasted. voice is loud, man, and people are listening. <laughs> right. You have a whole room of people in, in your the palm of your hand. And then a burlesque That's dancer came on stage and As she fire danced and tits, lit tits, everything tits. on fire. So cool. it was dope. <laughs> right. Cool. But yeah, our our events are, I'd say they're they're dark and they're horror adjacent. We're trying to move more into like flat out scary things this year. Yes. But everything is dark. Everything has a sense of macabre. Um Love it. And people love that shit. So we talked about this a little bit before. Last month on the podcast, we talked about a seance that we had. Mm -hmm. And you don't think that it was real necessarily, which is fine. This is not a haunt that was put on by anything. I am a skeptic of everything. 
but I've experienced my fair share of shit. Okay. So tell us a ghost story. A ghost story. Yes. I mean, yeah. If, if you, you have, have one. one. So like, <laughs> <I'll>, <laughs> we've known each other for too long. Um, my ghost story. My dad lives in a Winchester house. So mm-hmm. some people might be familiar with the Winchester Mystery House. Mm-hmm. It is a huge mansion in San Jose mm-hmm. that has like a hundred some odd rooms and basically it is so cool. The mm-hmm. story is that um, this it woman Susan Winchester. Um, she Side went through track. a lot of trauma in her life and she consulted some psychics and they told her essentially that she had to keep construction going on her house. And if mm-hmm. she ever stopped construction, the ghosts from anyone who had died from a Winchester rifle would kill her. So she, yeah, I mean, lots of mental health, health issues going on there, but so she also ended up building this huge ship in the San Francisco Bay and docked it in Burlingame and had these little... Um, cottage houses built in Burlingame near the the boat. They called it Susan's Ark. Um, my dad now lives in one of those cottages. Oh my god! Yeah. Yes, true story. Um, it's Shit. yeah. It's this whole. It's this tiny little street of these little cottage houses. Each one is a different architecture. It looks almost kind of like like the seven the seven dwarfs. Yeah. Neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, the- it looks uh, kind of like that. Because it's this okay. very small, like, honestly, only one car can drive down the street at and a time. And didn't, like, old, and... old actors used to stay uh-huh. there, too? Yeah, like because Charlie actually, Chaplin yeah, Charlie there? Chaplin stayed across the street. It's this weird little place, but it is fucking haunted. <laughs> uh, yeah, I stayed there a little bit after college, and I would hear footsteps, especially around Christmas. My dad sets up all of these... Um, music boxes and they would just go why oh he's big into christmas (laughs) that sounds he's a crazy terrible idea yeah let's set up up music boxes like he also he like doesn't believe that it's haunted and yet all of this shit happens around him and he's like "Eh, it's just an old house remember when the guy said at the at the seance the guy that was running the seance he said after every when we were all everything was put away and we were chatting for like what two hours afterwards he uh he said that energy happens all around you mm-hmm. and we're so engulfed in our own lives mm-hmm. that you don't notice when things move or when things happen mm-hmm. and but it's constantly happening around you mm-hmm. and he's probably he lives in such an active house yeah and he's probably he's so, so used, used to it, it that he did that doesn't it's just second nature he doesn't even right. notice it Right, he's just so accustomed possible. to it at mm-hmm. this point. I think that's true. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, I would like to stay on the topic of ghosts on like haunted houses and haunted places. Sure. Um, have you have you been to the to the Whaley House in San Diego? No, you haven't. I haven't. You need to go to the. I don't go to many spooky houses because I am weirdly receptive to things. Oh wow! Let's change this. (laughs) This whole conversation just changed. (laughs) Let's talk about. I've told you the story about my grandpa. Okay, well let's tell horror horror this 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 story. So my grandpa on my father's side, Mm -hmm. I was very close to him growing up, and he died of a heart attack when I was. 10, 9, 10, uh-huh. 11. I was young. Um, and I was very, very close to him. He was one of the first people that introduced... He played the uh, saxophone, and he sort of introduced me to jazz. Cool. And I love jazz. And yeah. it's cool. weird to like, say out loud, oh, I love jazz. But you know, <laughs> Drunken Devil is very... There's elements of New Orleans, and there's jazz, and it's and just, we that's love New Orleans. Yeah, that's very where I spent my fun. birthday last year. We love Nala. Yeah. Um, 
so I was very close to him and I swear to God, he is still around me. Um, in my old apartment in Highland Park, there was, it was a two bedroom apartment and my bedroom was at the end of a hallway and I usually went to bed last. Um, so I would turn off the lights in the living room. Um, and I would always bolt to my room because I felt a presence behind me and I was Oof. always afraid to turn around. That because is so yeah. crazy. And it's not that I was scared of it because I knew it was him. Weird. Getting emotional. Um, but well, yeah, like crazy. my grandpa is always around me and I've seen him like standing in my, in the corner of my room. And I've seen, when I was in Santa Barbara and living wow. there, oh, and cool. I've seen him walking around and I also have like a fucking... Ouija board from the 70s. So who knows if this is even oh my, my grandpa? God. I really hope this it is. kid is. Yeah. It could just be a fucking demon. I don't fucking know. <laughs> but, but I you don't have feel... a hitchhiking ghost, and we I, like him. I, sir. Do, I do not feel yes. uncomfortable or unsafe. I'm just terrified Good. to turn around. But yeah, Ooh. I've felt him for do years. You, do you still feel him? Oh yeah, all the time. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love he's that. always yeah. he's always in my sight line if I choose to look, but I never do because mm. it's always too scary. Yeah. Or too emotional. Maybe I don't want to see it. Right. I mean, that's a hard thing to process. Yeah. Too. Totally I mean, hard we're getting thing. real deep on this. Well, yeah. Stuff, well, yeah. yeah. Well, but death is a pretty, is a crazy thing. And, yeah. and, and, and I mean, we talk about it like it's kind of light because it's, it's thrown around in horror because it's like, you know, right. we're so it, used you know, to it. People in horror, it, like. It's scary. It's scary. And they also use it as a catharsis. Yeah. It's yeah. a coping exactly. mechanism. Yeah. For sure. Exactly. But it, but when, when it all comes to, to, comes into play, especially when we go visit like these, like these really cool cemeteries and mm-hmm. stuff, mm-hmm. we're always super respectful. It's yeah. all about that, you know? It's, yeah. It's like, th- these are people. These have right. always mm-hmm. been people. And, and that's, it's, yeah, it's people's families and people's mm-hmm. memories and. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm Mexican and I come from that background and so we have Dia de los Muertos and such a cool it holiday. It is a too. holiday that special holiday to me and I don't really we don't really celebrate it but growing up um <laughs> there's people up. <laughs> it's good. Um growing growing up in as a Mexican with a Mexican family, I have a special, you know, respect for the dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's always celebrating their lives and celebrating what they've done and what they've accomplished um, and how, and remembering how they've affected us. And that's really, and I, that's really cool. And I wish that, that we grew up that same way. Right. Because we are, the way I was taught, because I grew up Catholic, mm-hmm. Roman Catholic, very strict kind mm-hmm. of bullshit, um, was that there's a heaven and there's a hell. Yep. And that's it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, if you don't want to go to hell, so you need to be a good person. Yeah, I mean, I grew up Christian. You know, and it was very much that right? too. But um, we never got to when. when so, but I'm sorry to, to stop you. But, no, no, no. But when someone would pass away, it was scary. Because it wasn't a celebration. It wasn't a celebration. Right, right, right. Yeah, and even still, I go. Right. I've been to so many funerals, and they're all so sad, and they're so depressing, and they're terrible. Whatever. Yeah. Because it's we're not. I even I don't think we're there to like we're there to mourn, and it's you know. Mm-hmm. And, well, and you're supposed to. And be you're sad. supposed to be sad. Yeah. But I want to be there, and I want if for for mine. I want people. I want there to be streamers, and I want it to be loud, yeah. and like mm-hmm. you know, yeah. people to celebrate me, and that's celebration really, of life. Yeah. And right. you get to celebrate them once a year, yeah, which is cool, you know. Right, the memories. And yeah. here, and when we would like to celebrate our people, it's very sad. Still, mm-hmm. it's like oh, it's it would be like oh, it's my grandpa's birthday. Yeah, like a couple like two days ago, it was my grandpa's death day right and, mm, and, he, yeah. and he passed away two two years ago mm-hmm. i want to say and like my grandpa had eight eight kids mm-hmm. 
so many grandkids, so many great grandkids had like mm-hmm. this crazy life. And like my whole family was posting, sorry if you guys are listening, but we're posting like, oh, like I'm so sad. I can't believe it's been two years, but it's like, oh my God, let's talk about all the dope things yeah. that right. he did. Like this, let's celebrate him, you know, let's go yeah. have a beer for him. I'm going to smoke a joint, right. you know? Well, I think it, it's, it, there's you know, two like, parts yeah, of it because you yeah, should, yeah, yeah. like, it's okay to be sad yeah. that someone's right. not that's there. And it's okay yeah, yeah, yeah. to grieve and that's fine. But I do think that it is a beautiful thing to be able to celebrate yeah. the life that someone mm-hmm. had. And especially, like, having a, a designated day to remember and celebrate. I think that that's a beautiful and thing. And again, like, it's not something that I necessarily, like, I don't actively celebrate it. But it was more um, growing up in that culture and understanding that that was a holiday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And understanding that uh, the dead are not, like, obviously we mourn for them and we're sad that they're not here. But their legacy is so much more important. Um, right. You know, and remembering how they've affected us in all of the positive ways. Right. So cool. Oh, wow. We just went on a fucking... Yeah, but deep dive. Hi. Damn. But it's cool, though. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. It's getting hot in this car. <laughs> it's time to vacate. It's time to vacate. Uh, please tell your friends about us. We are at Horror on Horror on Instagram. Um, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Wherever Follow you us. Find your podcast. Tell your friends. Um, buy some merch at HorrorOnHorror.com. And we will see you in the fog. We will be back next week with part two of our interview with Matt Dorado.